How's it going, everyone? Before we get to our show today, I just wanted to make a quick announcement about Path 11 TV and our February event that we are having. Uh, we have invited Drew Cowley, who is a psychic guide, intuitive, evidential medium, Reiki master teacher, and meditative facilitator to come to Path 11 TV and offer a gallery reading to show us his mediumship skills. And anyone who is subscribed to Path 11 TV will be invited to a private Zoom room on February 16th. 16th at 11 a.m. And he will be providing mediumship readings for you. Now, of course, readings aren't guaranteed. Uh, he only has about an hour to do this. And um, he will do his best to get through everyone. But I am very, very excited to have him on Path 11 TV. And again, this is something that is a perk for our subscribers only. So you can't actually watch this on Path 11 TV. Uh, when you subscribe, we will send you an email with the invitation uh, with the private Zoom link so that you can enter this cool event on February 16th at 11 a.m. And that is Eastern Standard Time. And I had a reading by him. I was very, very impressed. I like the way that he works so much so that I'm going to take his mediumship training. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy his presence and just for today, I'm going to give you a coupon code for 30% off of your subscription of Path 11 TV. You can go ahead and put podcast 30 in. You could sign up for a seven day free trial, but I know that you are going to want to at least subscribe for a few months, if not the full year. And like I said, every month we have an event like this. So if you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out on it. So head on over again to path11tv.com. We have that coupon code 30% off podcast 30. And I am really excited for our guest today, so let's head on over to our show. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am very excited about our next guest. And in fact, he is soon to be one of my mentors and teachers. I would like to invite uh, Drew Cowley to the Path 11 podcast today. Hi, Drew. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yes, I'm so glad that you are here. Uh, Drew is a natural born medium and psychic, but he really didn't embrace these skills uh, until he actually went through a series of traumatic losses and life altering events. So we're going to get to his story. But that launched him into his spiritual awakening, his spiritual awareness. He attended the prestigious Arthur Finley College of Mediumship and Psychic Sciences in England and went on to spend years working and training and development all around the globe. Um, Right now, he's located in New Jersey, but believe it or not, Drew actually had his office in Saratoga Springs, right around the corner from mine. And I would always hear about this guy, Drew Cowley. Oh, Drew Cowley's uh, gallery readings and his meditations. <laughs> and my clients would hop over to your you know, place and come back and be like, oh, yeah, Drew Cowley's thing was really good. And I can't tell you, I've kind of like somewhat followed you for a couple of years. And um, 
as soon as I was like ready to get in touch with you, because I would eat lunch all the time in the building that you were at at West Ave, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the little coffee shop you had down there. And I'd always, you know, be over there. I'm like, oh, he's got great office space, you know. And then it wasn't until you decided to up and leave Saratoga and then you went back to New Jersey that that's when I finally attended one of your events. And it was about a month and a half after my mom died. So uh, you were doing a gallery reading at the in at Saratoga, I believe, right across from Holiday yeah. Inn. And it was a small event, you know, tickets were were affordable for me at the time. And, you know, I was just looking for some comfort. And I know that in gallery readings, um, a lot of times, even if you don't get a reading, there's messages for you um, from spirit. And uh, you had shared a little bit about your background. And I do believe that you have a history of being in the military. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I ran a wellness center for combat vets um, back in 2008 for two years, treating them with uh, Reiki and acupuncture. So I was like, all right, well, I like this guy already. And then you also talked about some of your struggles with addiction as well. And I thought, okay, my mom definitely sent me to sit in front of this guy because, you know, my audience knows my mom struggled with addiction too. And I was just so impressed of how down to earth you were and loved your introduction in the beginning of basically you're kind of like um like this tough dad a little bit that's like drop your expectations if you think i'm gonna say you know the red cup was on this over here you know it's like just drop the expectations you kind of like give your audience a little kick in the butt like you know look i'm i'm not perfect here and i'm gonna make mistakes and i just loved that authenticity that i saw and um and then i was like okay i i gotta work with this guy but never followed up on it Fast forward to 2020, uh, my friend Debbie, who lives down in Waldwick, New Jersey, I told her about you. She goes to one of your events before COVID and she was going for a sound healing, but something happened with the sound healing and then it ended up being a gallery reading and my mom came through and you gave her a message from my mom. I thought, ah, interesting. She buys a gift certificate for her sister uh, to give to her sister. Her sister never redeemed it and was coming up on a year where it was going to expire. And she's like, April, you introduced me to Drew. Do you want to take the gift certificate? You know, she was hoping I'd connect with my mom. I said, sure. So Drew and I just had a session um, just about a little over a month ago. And I decided after our session that I wanted to uh, learn under you and to be taught by you. And you thought that I had some mediumship skills and abilities. So I am going to be joining Drew's Butterfly Series Mediumship Training. It's a 21-week uh, training. And uh, that's going to be starting in February for me. So I just wanted to give my audience a little bit of background of how and why I asked you to come on the podcast. So I don't know all that much about you, except for what I just shared. So I'd love to learn a little bit more in this hour about, you know, what your journey was. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's always interesting to me how people's, how people, how we end up in each other's paths, you know, um, and I've had a lot of similar synchronicities, if you will, you know, um, and I love that you, you know, since 2008 or whatever, we're really into just the service aspect not for people in the service, but I mean, being of service and being useful, you know, and I find that, um, you know, it's a big part of kind of what I, what I feel within you and what I feel within people when, especially with the butterfly and people are drawn to certain things at certain times. Um, but there's something innate, there's something under them, uh, under the, like, there's something, it's almost like there's a calling and there's a yearning. And then there's like a meeting space somewhere in between that somehow comes to be. And um, for me, 
you know, like I'm Irish and Italian. I was joking, you can't get any more Catholic. Um, but I, I was never really religious, never really bought into that. Um, it, I felt it was very fear-based for me. And truth be told, I mean, I went into the military because 9-11 um, happened. I, I owned a business, but I was out partying all the time. I really didn't have that much going on other than work. And when 9-11 happened, I just was really, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to join the army and change my life around. I figured that would also help me with the drinking and drugging because ever since I was about 13, I started taking things to just numb the real sensitivity. I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'2", 290. Um, and I was always a good athlete and I could always put on a good show and all that, but I'm not a tough guy. You know, um, I may be strong, but I don't need to prove to other people that, you know, I'm not like, I'm not a bully. And I just feel like the sensitivity has always been there. I just didn't know how to deal with it. And in my family, with my frame and with the men in my family, it was like, you're going to play sports. And there was kind of this masculinity that you had to embrace. So short of the long as I went overseas, I got hurt overseas. I came back, I was in Baghdad and um, I got, it, things just got worse. I got hurt. So I was, I was taking Vicodin every day for like two years and it was just, it got really bad. Um, and, and it was almost like before I knew it, it was out of control. I didn't think it was that bad. And then I tried stopping and it was like, oh my God, like, you know, it was just really, really rough. On top of that thing, other things got out of control. And in the meantime, I, I, when I came back, I started a successful business. I met my wife who I went to high school with, but we didn't really know each other. And my mom was passed, you know, over a two year period, uh, battled with cancer, passed away. And then shortly after that, my wife and I were pregnant and we had a stillborn baby girl at eight months and one week. And that was tough because we had painted the room. We had a name, like we were two, three weeks away from being mom and dad. And um, literally we had four days in the hospital to be induced and, and you know, have this just uh, unfathomable experience. And um, particularly for my wife at the time, you know, um, and uh, 26 days later, my someone very close to me and my family, my brother-in-law took his own life in a very violent way. So there was just this, like, what happened feeling like what? And I think it was 32 or 33. And I just, for some reason, well, over the next couple of weeks and months, my drinking, I mean, I would drink in the middle of the day. Um, I was taking pills in the morning, taking pills to go. Everything was prescription. I wasn't necessarily doing anything illegal, but it was like, I was looking for something outside of me to not feel whatever it was I needed to like feel. And I don't know what it was, must've been like, it's just like, you know, God does for what, us for what we can't do for ourselves kind of thing. I just remember there was just a certain point and we were going to therapy and I always joke, like I was going to fix my wife. <laughs> and, you know, when we were in therapy after a couple of weeks, I remember she was just like, what do you do for fun? And I just remember being like, what? Like, I couldn't even answer that. And that's what led me to, into my journey into sobriety, which led me into my journey into spirituality. I could not answer that. And that stumped me. I was like, what do you mean? I work, you know? And I was really successful at what I did, but that was my entire identity. And um, my therapist at the time was like, you know, anything I did name that I did for fun, fishing, whatever it was, snowboard, do you drink or do you take something before? Every single thing was yes. So there's just this weird period of awareness, this, this incredible upheaval. And then when I did finally surrender to the fact that 
and, and turn my life over to um, spirituality or sobriety to me. Sobriety is synonymous to me with spirituality, but it wasn't like a religious thing. It was just like, I need to accept who I am, where I am, how I am for all that I am. And I need to accept you and other people around for where they are too, and not try to, because I was just so angry with life. And, you know, never mind having PTSD and, you know, from being in the military and being in combat, but then, you know, having this happen at home, I was just like, and I just remember someone asked me, is this the hill you want to die on? And I was like, if I died today, I'd be disappointed with my life. And about a year after I, I started sobering up and, and that was a hard process, the process of recovery, it's been about a decade now, is, uh, is a, it was a really hard one for me. And um, I started praying in the morning and just like meditating, like I'm talking like 10 minutes, you know, and I wouldn't even sit quiet. I would just sit and like read something and reflect on it in the morning before I started my day. And I had a sponsor, I went through the 12 steps and it was really, really important for me. And I still do that. I'm still part of a 12 step spiritual program today. And um, in short, and that's all I'll say really about that. In short, my sister was like, Drew, you gotta talk to the psychic. And I remember being like, nah, I'm good. You know, and she was like, no, no, just trust me. She's really good, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fine. So I talked to her and she was really good. She was like 80% right. And I remember at the time being like, yeah, but she didn't get this, she didn't get that. So a couple months later, I called her back because I had a question about something. And she was spot on. She literally told me that the, a person who I'd co-signed a, a lease for a car in my office, I had like 35 employees. And she was like this one gentleman who you signed a car for, I never told her this, was going to default on the lease. And he did. And she said April and he did. So I knew she was real. I started talking to her about some other things. And all of a sudden at the end of our conversation, she's like, Drew, you know, just so you know, you're going to do this work. And I remember being like, work? Like what work? What do you mean? I'm like, you got the wrong effing guy. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm like, I'm good. I'm making money. I'm fine. You know? And she was just like, well, your spirit guides are really telling me this and they want to meet you. And I remember laughing and being like, yeah, what are the names? Where are they? I don't see them. That kind of thing. And she was just like, um, well, are you sitting next to a fireplace with a brown dog? And I was like, yeah, like that freaked me out. So she, you know, she's like, just meditate tonight, see what happens. So she's like, wait till after midnight. I don't know why. So I did. I waited. It was December. And it, I remember it was like cold out. And at the time I smoked cigarettes and I'm like Googling how to meditate. I light a candle. I sit in this bar height stool chair. My feet are dangling, which you're like, you're not supposed to do. And, and I surrounded myself with white light. I didn't have any candles. I literally put out my cigarette and then just started breathing. And it was weird. There was this weird intrigue. I like, I knew something was going to, I couldn't not do this. But there's a part of me that was like kind of really sarcastic being like, you're an idiot, you know, like, what are you doing? And so I sat in this quiet presence and there was just this, I'll never forget. The thing that's so odd to me is, you know, we can go through a lot. I'll never forget my thoughts because it was like they were highlighted for me. And I remember being so skeptical of it. And then I sat and all of a sudden about 10 minutes in, we were just breathing. I saw a river floating, flowing into a waterfall, which is the opposite. I remember having this thought wow, my mind wouldn't make that up. But it was so vivid. It was incredible. There was a male that presented himself across the river and he felt like, like ancient. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but he was kind of like tribal. I, it was like a movie. And he floated across the river or came towards me and I don't know how, just like, 
And all of a sudden I could feel like heat on my nose and my eyes are closed. I'm in my kitchen in Rivervale, New Jersey. And I literally took a gap I went, <gasps> and I opened my eyes and I looked at my dog and I was like, all right, time for bed. We're done. You know? And I looked towards the sliders of my back deck and there was the silhouette of this man. And it was, it wasn't like a smoky ghost version. It was, I mean, it was, but it was like specifically for some reason I could perceive him in the glass. And I like, I gotta be losing my stuff. And I got up and when I walked the head and the eyes, you know, when you stare at someone and this is what happened in the meditation and then it happened again in my living room, eyes, the pupils will like adjust and shift when they lock. And that's what freaked me out because I was like, it was like a sentient being, like an intelligent, alive being. And it just freaked me out. I didn't know what to do with it. But the underlying feeling of the whole process, once I was aware of this spirit, was one of homecoming, peace, calm. As much as my mind is like, dude, you're losing your stuff, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I literally sat there and I, for about three or four hours, my jaw opened staring and the faces started to change and other people started to come. I would go and open the door. Nobody would be there. I would shut the door and I would sit back. So for some reason, the glass allowed me to perceive or they were able to show me this in a way through that. Over the next couple of days, I did see like smoky type of spirits in my house, but not like creepy ghosts where, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like, and I remember that the feeling coming over me where it took a lot out of me. And at the same time, I was like wound up and not tired, but I was exhausted. And about a day and a half after, and I was taking pictures, sent them to my aunt. Like I had a gentleman that looked like Padre Pio floating outside my window. I didn't even know who that was at the time. My aunt's like, that's Padre Pio. Cause I kept thinking, I'm like, I keep hearing the name Pius. <laughs> like I just, it was like, when I would have an experience with the spirit, it was an instantaneous exchange of communication. And it was like telepathy, but it was way beyond that. It was like, they could probably see my thoughts like a linear train coming in. And before that thought came in, as soon as I even was aware of that thought, the answer was already there. So it was just really incredible. And I knew, and I just had this incredible um, sense that I knew that this is why I came here and this is what I was supposed to do. And it, it repurposed my life. Um, and it didn't stay like that. Over the next couple of days, um, I tried to go back to work. And I remember I put my hands under water the next day to wash my hands before going to work. I let my dog out. And I heard like, this is Jonathan, you gotta call Jason. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> so I said out loud, I was like, no, not me. I gotta go to work. And uh, I heard, you know, that they were almost like teasing me. Like, You're not going to work today. I'm like, oh no, I'm going, you know? And ironically, I was in, I was so frantic and kind of, I turned around and I got a gash on my head and it started bleeding. Like I bumped my head into something. And so I couldn't, I couldn't go to work that day. I was just like, all right, fine. I'm going to stay home. And um, as I started hearing and experiencing what they were saying to me, I no longer was seeing them like in the physical. It was almost like a kind of like a little bit of a mental image, but not, not like I thought it would be. I didn't think it would be this way. And that's where the development started coming in. I went to somebody's house. I kept hearing against Jonathan, you got to call Jason. Jason was somebody I knew very like, would rarely see him. And I, I did have his phone number from the gym and I call him up and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, listen, did you, did you know somebody named Jonathan without an H? And as I'm talking to him, I told him I had a dream because I thought I was a nutcase. Right. And he's like, are you effing with me? I, swear to God. I was like, no, man. I'm like, I, 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 I'm just telling you. And then I'm like, 
And then I, as I would talk about him, it was like live improv in the moment, in that present moment. And this is mediumship at its core. It was like I was experiencing him because now I felt like a slight touch in my kidney. I'm like, you understand he had kidney cancer and you know, there was a yellowing of the skin. I know he smoked and I know he drank a lot, but there was cancer and he died around Christmas. And he was like, you know, uh, in his sixties and there was silver hair. And he also has a son named Jonathan, like it was bizarre. And we had this, and he's like, looking at like, literally we were like both in awe. So a couple of days later, he's like, listen, why don't you come by the house? Um, it's my sister's husband's father. So his sister's father-in-law, I, I barely knew Jason. I didn't even know he had a sister. So I was like, okay. I, everything in my body was like, no. And I was like, okay. So I go over there and they have these books open of all these pictures. And there's like seven or eight people with their arms folded looking at me. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And it was like a couple of days after Christmas. And it was weird. None of the pictures were him older, the ones that I remember. But his eyes, it was like everything went black and white except for this one picture. And then when I said, that's him, they all got quiet. And they're like, I thought I got it wrong. And I would have been relieved, honestly. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 you got that right. And I'm like, really? And then there were two more that jumped out at me. And then it was like, so those early experiences, the awakening, so to speak, gave me an inclination of what it can be like and how cathartic it could be and how healing it could be for other people. And I felt um, on top of the world because here I am like, wow, this stuff's real, you know, because but it wasn't happening the way I thought it would. And I wasn't, it wasn't a communication. Like it wasn't a, a voice standing next to me or a ghost standing next to me like, say Drew, you know? Like I, I wish it was that easy. So what I learned very quick is over the next couple of days and weeks um, in trying to do it for other people, it didn't work when I wanted it to. It was like a very subtle, calm space and it was predicated on the need of other people. Um, it's not, I can't be like a spirit DJ. I, on, on occasion I can, but I need to be connected to the person and there needs to be, it can't just be because somebody demands it, you know? Um, so I traveled around the world and I went to Arthur Finley College. I tried going to local people and I found that the people you wanted to learn from, you they weren't available. The people you didn't want to learn from um, would suck you into some weird thing for a lot of money and activate you. And one lady was building a crystal wall in my house. I mean, it was nuts. And um you know, I, I had to learn so much through the experience and from traveling around. And I also, you know, it's a very humbling process. So, you know, I remember telling my dad, who's a, you know, was an undercover federal agent, retired. And I remember being like, listen, I got to tell you something. And he was just like, what? You know, what, what's going on? And I'm like, listen, I'm psychic. You know, and he was just <laughs> like, all right, listen, take care. <laughs> but like, you know, there was one thing that was said to me. It was like, Drew, I've known you my whole life. And this is not something you would make up. This was never on my radar. So he was like, I have to believe you, you know? And um, ever since then I stopped at a certain point, I stopped trying to prove it to other people. So it's weird. I got to tell you like April, it's a beautiful thing to be on here. Cause this is net, this wasn't even in my radar. If you asked me, I'd be like, well, April might be able to do that. And I would, but not Drew. Like, this is not anything that I ever even, thought of not that I believed it or didn't believe it I and then I had been asked like have this ever happened to you before I didn't grow up seeing spirits but I did grow up very interested in like uh religions other cultures um like people and his like the history of us as people not like civil war but like just like the history of people and um 
I don't know, you know? So I remember asking my mom weird questions and she'd get annoyed with me like, well, where would I be if I wasn't here? <laughs> and she would just be like, you know, stop. <laughs> so, uh, but it does run in my family on both sides, particularly on the Irish side. So, um, yeah. And so when it came to be too, I was really lucky because there were a few key people around me that really were very supportive. My whole world changed because all I wanted to do was talk about this. And every time, like if I got like a name for someone, I'd have to call like three people, dude, I got the name. Oh my God, I got like a Joe and it was right. <clears throat> um, but again, it was very elusive. And um, I learned everywhere I went that one of the most consistent messages I got was, you know, meditation, 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 or some sort of sitting in the quiet and being, it allows you to be more sensitive to the subtle because this energy from spirit. Um, and I also learned the differences between the psychic and a medium. And I hated the word psychic. I didn't use it till like three years ago. I was spiritual medium and intuitive because as soon as you say psychic, people are like, Oh, you predict the future. No, you know, psychic just means over related to the soul. That's it. And medium is connecting with the soul of somebody in non-physical. So the mediumship is when a consciousness or a live um, a, a spirit comes into my awareness and influences me through my psychic faculties, the hearing, seeing, and feeling, mostly inner hearing, seeing, and feeling, in order to for me to say things that make sense to you, you know, um, and on an intuitive, empathic, or psychic level, it's really a soul-to-soul -soul connection with the living. You know, so I'm sitting with you and I'm expanding on your energy and I'm tuning into what's going on around you. And, um, you know, to understand those and to be able to share those like with people on a day, I mean, I teach almost every day. I have mentorship groups, uh, advanced, intermediate. Some of them are amazing, you know, and I hope that some of them are, um, I, I strived to be better than my tutors and my mentors. And I want that for the people. Like, I don't need to be the best. I don't because the worst person could, the worst skill set could have the best day and the best skill set could have the worst day. What I want to do is make sure that I know when I'm out of sorts and hopefully on a bad day, it's good enough to touch the needs of someone else. You know, it's not about me trying to get a 12 out of a 10 every day. And like, let me show you, I can get a name. And let me show you, you can get this. Cause in the beginning it was like that. Like, let me show you, I can get this, but it became very fact checking kind of uh, a fact checking kind of experience where now I always want to bring the essence of the person in and you want to bring them back for a moment. So, you know, I'm, I, I feel very blessed. I really do. I feel very blessed and very fortunate. And um, I curse like a truck driver. I don't float. I don't have a bat phone to God. I don't get special privileges. Um, I actually have my own difficulties. And some things are easier for me to teach than to do, you know, and I know I need to do them, but I'm working on them too. You know, and I'm very open about that, you know, um, and I feel that I had um, very good training and I had a, and I found that there was also it was very clicky and there was like an elitism within this community where it was like, you know, well, you're only list if you do this and you get certified as this. And it was just very weird to me. To me, it's the experience, the devotion and the heart of the person, you know, um, not everybody's destined to become a professional reader, but every single person that is alive that has a soul is a psychic. 
and can sit down with people and learn how to connect with spirit for a few moments and get information that they couldn't possibly know. And I, and I can guarantee that if I take anybody for a day or two or three, um, I can I can make that happen for them if they're really if they really wanted to. But it doesn't mean when they leave they can just go do that whenever they want. It's a discovery process as well. You know, the, the deeper I go into me, the deeper I can go into the information I get for you. If that makes sense, I don't mean to go on and on. Yeah, so, no, um, no, it's great. I I love the way that you talk and tell stories, and I can sit and listen to you for a while, which is why I'm choosing you to be one of my teachers. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that. And it took me a long time to even the word teacher. You know, like I feel like I'm sharing and I'm learning as I go. I just happen to have more experience and have a really good way. I'm very confident in the way that. Um, I'll say I'm very confident in my connection with spirit. I'm very confident that I've never been let down by them. It doesn't mean that things go my way all the time. Um, I've had I've had rough days, rough sessions, rough groups, rough instances, rough connections. Um, but I will say that um, I'm just very I'm very confident in the way that I can express how I'm receiving it, because that to me is ultimately what was different. People that were like, who do you want to hear from your mom? Oh, she loves you. Like anybody could do that. And that's just, yes, it could be, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean somebody's not necessarily a medium. And I've seen people with really good connections come from a place of ego where everything's rainbows, butterflies, lollipops, and unicorns. And not that I don't believe in that, but why am I going to pay you $150 for you to connect with Archangel Michael to tell me everything's going to be okay? You know, like um, if, if there's other energies that you want to bring in that can be part of it but like i just didn't want i wanted mine to be universal spirituality you could do whatever you want with it other people can do whatever they want with it but what i wanted my classroom to invite anybody from any background because i found going overseas so much and working in you know and developing with tutors in scotland england i went to norway and worked with a friend of mine who owned a healing center there she does fantastic work um i sat in physical mediumship seances trance development, um, trance healing. Um, I sat in mental mediumship. I did like these inspired speaking bits, things that made me really uncomfortable, you know? Um, and I didn't know that I could hold an object and tune into that object for, it's your watch, I can tune into it and tune into your energy. I didn't know that I could take your grandma's pearls and hold on to them and tune into her. But I also didn't know that I could hold your grandma's pearls and then get your grandfather instead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so there's, again, it, it always comes back to this, um, you know, I, ha I have to, I have to have enough ego to believe and to put my spin on it and do the best that I can, but I have to have, um, I have to be out of the way enough to know my place. And really what I want to do is be able to be the bridge. And my job is to open the door, maybe take a few steps and then say, okay, show me the way you want this to go. Give me the flow. Same thing with healing. And I got into Reiki with Gina Clemente in um, Saratoga because I got after about five years of doing hands-on uh, and distance healing, um, people just didn't understand what trance healing was or spiritual healing. Like people would ask me, Did you touch, you touch me and I fall down? You know? <laughs> I was like, no. You know, um, so Reiki was like this incredible proponent for me that it was like a propeller. It allowed me to have a language and I teach Reiki now too. And I just feel like 
all of it comes from the same source. They're just different branches on different trees or different trees in different forests, but it's pretty similar. And you know what people are comfortable with was fine. I always made fun. I made fun of Reiki for like six years, and you know now I'm a Reiki master teacher. And the word teacher was one that I wasn't really comfortable with until the last couple of years, um, only because I'm just used to it. Not because I'm like now I am the teacher, you know. Um, and I just feel it's important to people need to know that I, I won't ask them to do anything I, I won't do with them. I have that same, that same, uh, motto. And, you know, that's what I tell all my clients, like anything that I offer, I've been through it already and I won't offer it unless I know that it works or that I put myself through it. So I have that same ethic and principle. I, I remember when you were giving me, um, the reading and we connected with my mom, you said something towards the end and you were using this example of a tree and you said like Reiki was either the leaves or the branches and mediumship was like something else. And it was, I was like so intently listening that I couldn't commit it to memory. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's really interesting. She were talking about how mediumship is kind of like the top. So can you go over that again? Cause that was sure. interesting to hear. <clears throat> sure. Um, what I use, I try to use references and, and it differs for different people if I'm in a one-on-one, -on -one, which I love because I don't like, I don't get an apple and it just means this. It's like, it depends on the situation, the person and the feel of it. Right. So, but what it is, it, it is a, an analogy that I use often where like, so the empath, people come to me all the time. They're like, I'm an empath and I'm just an empath. I hear that. I'm just an empath. I'm just an empath. Or I've been told I'm an empath and they feel that they're like energy victims. Like I can't go outside because this stuff attaches to me. Like, how do I stop? We're not absorbing other people. I mean, we're always bumping into other energies. Like you can't not, but it's not like you're walking through a room and stuff's like attaching to you. And like, now we're like, oh, so the empath is really just emotional awareness of energy or energetic awareness of emotion. So, and I just associate the E with empath with that. And that's like kind of the lower core of everything, the roots of the tree. And then as we kind of move up to the, like the stump of the tree, the, the foundation could be the in, intuition, which is really the instinctual knowing without rational explanation. Right, you have an inclination, an instinct, um, an intuitive hit. I always use the word like lean into it, and into it being the word, like is one word, like lean into it from your chin to your belly button is where the, the most incredible information is going to come. Those two are housed by the clairsentience, which is the feeling, the sensing of the psychic. And then there's the hearing and the, and the seeing. A lot of people just want to skip and go right to the scene, but that's where you think you're 50-50. Why do I see a tennis ball? Oh, I played tennis. You know, and instead of being like taking the tennis ball and unraveling that and telling a story about it based on the the empathy, intuitive, the clairsentience, and it's like, oh, I know when you were younger, you failed gym and you had to play tennis for eight weeks, otherwise you you would have gotten left back. You know, like that's my story. <laughs> and you know, like um, like there's just things that I can get from one little bit, but there's so much coming. Um, so the, the psychic tends to be kind of like the bark and the branches, you know? And I also feel like Reiki is that also because Reiki can house, it's Reiki to me or healing energy is the purest form of mediumship 
because it is uninterpreted and unfiltered love and light. And it's what is for their highest, greatest good, highest good, greatest need emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and energetically. And let me get out of the way and hold space for that to come. Let me open up the bridge and the highway and get out of the way so I don't cause any traffic. And mediumship is up there with healing or it is a form of it, but it is like the top of the tree. It is the leaves of the tree. It, it is the um, incorporation or the umbrella of all of it. And it doesn't, and, and I've heard people say, well, you know, like I'm a medium and, you know, she's like, I've heard people say not all mediums are psychic, but, or not all psychics are mediums, but not all, but all mediums are psychic. Yeah, I used to that believe too. that. I used mm -hmm. to believe that, but I don't really believe that. I just feel that some people that are psychic are more inclined to, to work with the living and the situations that are going on because they're just more of like kind of a counselor guide. It doesn't mean that, and, and then for some reason, some of us just have more of an inclination or awareness or a calling to just be aware in that process of the mediumistic awareness of a spirit. Because when a spirit comes through, I'm still psychically connecting with the living and actually sometimes in a psychic reading, I want to get somebody from the other side so that I know that I'm on target with stuff. So that's kind of what I was saying. And just, there's no way you can be an empath and not be an intuitive. There's no way you can be an intuitive without being a psychic. You can't be a psychic without being a medium and the healing to me in, in whatever regard you do it, whether it's sending distance healing, praying for people. We have a group called healing angels, which um, is sends distance healing to people every week from a group of people that do it remotely um, you know, and that can be really effective for people. Um, or if you do Reiki and you do sessions with people in person, I just was never one of those people. I learned the differences between all of them so that I could incorporate all of them, but I can understand where this is coming from. Because if I'm, if I'm doing healing for somebody or Reiki, healing such a loaded term, right? Um, right. because it's not really about curing, um, although it can be, you know, but it's not up to us what happens. So, um, I was always one of those people, like, if I go for a massage, don't talk to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so like, if I go for, if I'm doing hands-on energy work with somebody, I don't really, there's a few people on occasion that I need, that they need me to talk to them. There's a lot of stuff going on, but for the most part, I separate that. I don't give them anything as I'm working. I have an eye pillow on them, a blanket, and I allow them to go into a deep meditative space or I induce them into it with a guided kind of meditation because I feel that it, healing in general is really about them realigning and opening up to that higher frequency themselves. What we're doing is as a healer is we're actually just strengthening or, or increasing the bandwidth for that to happen. Right. You know, so that's really my, probably my analogy with the tree is um, usually I use it for the difference between the empath intuitive psychic and the medium where the mediumship is the top of the tree. And a lot of times people come in and they're having mediumistic experiences with spirits and they don't want the psychic. But even last night I have um, a young lady who's been doing it with me for about three years and maybe a little bit more. And she just avoided psychic like the plague for a while. And she's really good. And I made everybody on the mentorship had 10 practice readings where they get survey feedback. And then we have a consult and we meet on it. And she, um, it was psychic only for 20 minutes. And she was just amazed at the information she got. Like, I know your husband's having trouble at work and it, he got passed over a promotion because somebody literally had it in for him. 
and it wasn't the boss that could have given it to him. And he's aware of this. I mean, just to get information like that. So it strengthens the mediumship, right? Because I'm either connecting with you soul to soul as a living or soul to soul as a non-physical person. So why wouldn't it deepen it? You know, right. if, that, if that helps, I know it can be, I'm so used to being in that energy and in that creative space with talking about these things and doing experimental exercises, but it is the experiential learning environment, that safe, sacred, supportive space where I, that's where I see the magic. Talking yeah. about, I've read books, I would like watch, listen to this and I'd be like, oh, it must be like, I was proved wrong. Never, uh, spirits don't get stuck. I literally heard out loud, stop wasting your time. We don't need you to spend energy there. We got it covered. You know, like we don't need your help. And, um, you know, things like that taught me. I would ask every spirit, are you bad, are you good? You know? <laughs> and if I didn't get an answer, I'm like, they're bad, they're bad. You know, and the truth is when I stopped being afraid, they stopped being scary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many different ways that we can continue this conversation, but no, I appreciate that. And thanks for explaining that too. And I, you know, the other thing that I really love about you and the work that you do is you um, also seem very balanced in the ego to me. It's like, you're able to recognize it. You even say it when you do some of your Facebook lives, you know, don't give me too much information because then my ego wants to create a story out of it. You know, you really prefer them just to kind of validate here or there and then allow the information to come through because some people easily could be like, okay, I get a male figure and and then the person might be, yes, it's my grandfather and he died of blah, 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 you know, and all of a sudden they're just purging all this information at you. Um, so, you know, I really like that. And I like that you're able to acknowledge it. And it always seems like you're doing that balance and that check, which I think is a really good sign of a good of a good healer and a facilitator and a teacher, because that, that's, a, that's a big part. Um, of it. I guess uh, the other question that I I sometimes ask mediums and it's one uh, you know, as I'm getting ready to enter into this mentorship, you know, with you. Um, well, one of the reasons why I decided to say yes, let me just back up a second, why I decided to sign up. There are students that I have that come through my doors. And there are, you know, a lot of people come and learn Reiki, you know, from me. And there are some students that come in and you just know, like, it's going to be something that they use for themselves, but that might be as far as it goes, you know. And then there are those students where you see that light and you know that they are like the light workers and the energy healers. And you know that they are going to move forward in that. You can tell by their skill or what they're picking up on during the training. And um, there is a, there is a little bit of a separation in what I've seen where I can kind of pick out. And I was like, I think you need to go on to become a level two practitioner. I think you're going to end up becoming a Reiki master teacher. You know, you could just feel it as somebody that's worked in the field for a while. Sure. So you had mentioned that to me that you saw that in me. And I said, you know what, maybe I should pay attention to that because I know I do, I do a lot of what you did in our reading and can sense and see and will encourage. And I don't say that to every student. I won't necessarily encourage or push people to say, oh, I think you should train with me to become a Reiki master teacher. I mean, it's only those where I can see that light and know that dedication will be there. So I kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to trust his site because I know I have that site with my students and people that I come into contact with. And I think the thing that has always tripped me up a little bit with mediumship is when I was making our documentaries um, for the PATH series. And, you know, we I interviewed some phenomenal people and, you know, nuclear physicists and people that really studied consciousness. And it kind of took the fun out of mediumship for me a little bit because I began to realize and learn about more of like working in, working in the quantum field 
And, you know, uh, Tom Campbell is another teacher of mine that our audience is uh, very familiar with. And learning in his view of that, we're kind of like in this virtual reality and that consciousness is like a database. So that there's a way to be able to access the database of Drew Callie's life. You know, there's a way to be able to access the personality of your mom. There's a way to access the, you know, just the the energetic and the consciousness, right, of your stillborn baby. Um, so, you know, when I started learning about that, I was like, oh, so do you mean like these spirits aren't really like hovering around and, you know, my grandmother's really not popping in and watching me, you know, up above. And so I began to understand energy in a different way and how to access it. And I didn't get so hung up during my sessions of really thinking like, okay, yes, I'm sensing this grandmother's coming in, giving it a message for my client. But I began to look at it more scientific of, well, I'm just accessing information from this database. What are your thoughts about that? One medium said, April, just chill out. <laughs> She's like, just well, have fun with it. But I I'm think really it's, it's really important it. that we look at the science. Because I think if you ignore the science, then we're just being ignorant. And we're being silly because we're, we're afraid that it's going to disprove something. I'm not afraid of that. What I do know is that um, brainwaves can change when you go into a meditative state and they can change just from prayer alone. I know that I can think of somebody that I know who I care about and emotionally know where they're at right now. Um, so there is a quantum field. There is consciousness uh, as a collective. I do believe all that. Um, I also believe that the soul progression on the other side still allows them in whatever realms they're in physical, non-physical between whatever it is. And I know that trying to explain time and all that is gets really kooky. I can understand it for like six minutes and then I turn the page. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> no. but, but it does make sense when it makes sense. And, and I do understand that we're here to be linear, like think linearly and live like that. Um, however, when I see medium, that's why I wanted to understand the difference between a psychic and a medium. No, I'll take that back. I feel like that's why spirit pushed me to understand because I didn't really care in the beginning. Um, I just wanted to get good information that made sense and made me look good. You know, like it was, it was probably an ego trip. I was just like, cause I needed to know that this is real. Once I accepted it about two, two and a half years in, I literally had someone say, now let's turn back to like why you do it. And I was like, Oh, so then I was like, okay, let me just kind of like anchor in the spirituality or, the healing portion of it. If it doesn't help or it doesn't heal, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Because trying to figure it out, I've found, makes it more complicated and makes it very less, very impersonal. And it also never answers anything. It doesn't help anybody. It just makes me sound like I know and the other person doesn't. So I don't try to get too far into that. But what I will say is I know that when a good medium is working, I can feel the presence of that soul in the room. The energy is different. There is no way to really understand measuring the emotional and the energetic sensitivity. It's very difficult to do that, if, if at all possible, right? And I understand that there is consciousness, but I also understand that there's such an intelligence that I, I could, I'd be, it'd be, insane for me to try to just figure it out or explain it. My take on it is that when they cross over and they go back and they shed the skin suit and they have the aha moment and they're like, oh, we're home and they're visiting. Oh, I get it. Um, they will come, the aspects of their soul will come back and present what is reminiscent, what is um, 
relative to the recipient for healing purposes. Do I believe that dad is hiding out in the basement? You know what I mean? Like, that's where I, this is where I agree with science completely. No, there's a sliver in the atmosphere. There's a part, a part of that consciousness that is, that is for some reason, you know, in that atmosphere for, but it's always gotta be a reason, right? I don't feel that there's like a skip in the tape, you know, and I, I really don't like, I'm not discounting other people having negative experiences or these incredible experiences because I had my all, um, but what's the intelligence behind it? And why do ghosts always hide in the attic or in the boiler room, you know? So I just feel like, you know, the fear associated with all that can be very real and you even create and manifest things. However, um, the access that I can, I can access, access that your mom passed psychically, but not have the soul of your mom with me. Mm, so the difference for me between the consciousness and, and the uh, mediumship is that <clears throat> when I'm dealing with consciousness, I'm it's like dealing with the mind and the brain. The brain is a very physical instrument designed to host the or allow the mind to infiltrate it and work through it. And the soul is the essence of who we are. It is our beingness. And the body is just for us to experience physical reality. The greater collect consciousness and the mind is connected to the soul, but I do feel that it's different. I don't feel that the collective or consciousness itself represents the soul. I feel that it represents, it houses an environment or works through the soul or with the soul. I feel that the true intelligence of that divine design that runs through us, from us, to us, so life can happen for us, is within the soul. So that would be my answer to that. Like when I'm doing mediumship, I truly feel, I don't feel emotional when I'm tapping into consciousness. I feel emotional when I'm tapping into someone's mom who really wants to make a connection here. It's not me picking up a psychic impression from you that you want that, because I can sense that. I can sense from people that um, they want. That's when people are like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Anyone else there? You know, they want what they want. <laughs> right. And I'll stop them and be like, wait, you know, don't give me any information because I don't want my ego to draw conclusions because my mind, my brain will want to give you a story that has a beginning, middle and end where sometimes I just get a highlight from a chapter. Sometimes I just get a synopsis. Sometimes I get a whole chapter or a paragraph, but in, in learning this, this new language, this, uh, energetic language, this impressionistic language. Um, I had to learn the alphabet and I had to learn, you know, how to put sounds together and words. Sometimes it's like playing audio charades underwater. Right. I can get a name from somebody. And, and because I feel like the, the connection too, is if I'm connecting with somebody and I get a certain name and I say, do you understand this name? And they say, no, I'm grateful. They said no, because I'm like, okay, so then you would understand this. Because the name usually is a reference for me, but I don't always know what I'm getting or why. So a no to me is leading me to a yes. So if, if you, everyone knows somebody that passed away or that's living, you say a name and there's something really quick that stands out about them. Right. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I hope that. And so I do feel that they use that grid, if you will, spirits yeah. in order to transfer to the medium, to the living spirit. Um, and I feel like our spirit guides are really just like mediums in spirit 
doing the opposite that we are or similar <laughs> but the opposite yeah yeah that's well, a good I, point. I hope that helps like you know the, it does it does question. Yeah, because I think the difference, um, I would say, you know, with you and one other uh, medium that I had uh, worked with, and she's been on our show before, Austin Wells is her name. Um, and she's done some amazing work in the world. I met her through the Afterlife Awareness Conference. Um, sitting with you and sitting with her was like I was sitting with my mom. And I've had, um, I really don't go to psychic mediums often because I have developed within myself, like to feel like I have a good connection with spirit, you know, so I don't feel sure. like I need to be told anything except if there are some things that I'm working on. So, um, but there's a difference and I've seen other, uh, mediums work and it is more fact checking, more psychic right. of, okay, yep, I can get this and I can get this and I can get this. And I've had even clients come back after they have readings from other people and be like, well, he or she didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. And yeah, I said this about my dad and this about my mom, but you know, it wasn't anything that blew me out of the water. But when you begin to embody the spirit and the personality. I mean, that's what I really got from our session. So um, yeah, and I also wanted to let our audience know that we invited you on to PAP 11 TV as one of our monthly guests. So for those of you who are listening and you would like to uh, have a gallery reading with Drew um, and you don't have a subscription yet to Path 11 TV, you do need to be a subscriber. So you can uh, su subscribe at path11tv.com. But Drew is going to be uh, coming on on February 16th, 11 a.m. He's going to do a gallery reading. If you're a subscriber for Path 11 TV, we send you a private Zoom link. So this will be in a Zoom session. And um, he's going to be with us for about an hour. So so typically, like any gallery reading, not everyone is guaranteed a reading. He will go to whoever he's drawn to, whoever's meant to get a message. Um, but I'm really excited to introduce my audience to you. And I have a great audience because they're not just podcast listeners. They interact with every guest on my show. I can't, Every single guest that I've ever had on has sent me an email. Thank you so much. I had somebody sign up for my program. <laughs> you know, so we're going to try and actually move your show up, this show up um, earlier in February. That way too, maybe if some people want to join me in the butterfly series and take the training along with me, I'll be talking a lot about it. So that'll be fun. And I'm really looking forward to your gallery reading on February 16th at 8, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is. And um, people can find you. Why don't you give them uh, your website so they can take a look at your course offerings. You're also super active. I love it on Facebook. I was watching last night, you know, one of your readings last night. Um, it was really good. And uh, so you're, you're doing a ton of free stuff out there for people. So you're constantly online. You should find them on Facebook too. But go ahead and let our audience know where they can uh, reach you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, www.drewcali.com, D-R-E-W-C-A-L-I.com. You can see readings on there, classes, trainings, open galleries, uh, meditations. And then Facebook, it's Psychic Medium Drew Cali, and also on Instagram, at Drew Cowley Psychic Medium. So um, I just, I'm really grateful that you had me on and um, I look forward to the gallery. I really do. Yeah, I think it's going to, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it and, you know, and then just kind of watching you probably I'll be watching more as a student, <laughs> you know, as I'm, as I'm learning and, and going along and, and taking your class. So I'm really excited for this. It's a, it's a new journey for me and one that I feel like is just going to hone in on my skills and teach me some more. And, uh, and who knows, maybe you might be right. Maybe I will be doing this and this might be my next venture. 
So I'm open to anything. So thank you so much, Drew. It was a pleasure. I'm so glad we were able to have you on and definitely guys check him out. Uh, I think you're going to love him just like I do. And uh, I would love for some of your, some of my listeners to sign up with me. Let's do this mediumship class together. So it's, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, Drew, I'd love to have you back too, maybe after I, I complete the 21 weeks, because um, I tend to be a person that has a lot of questions and will probably be really excited to debrief my whole experience in that 21-week program. So I would love to have you back. I love it. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Drew. All right, everyone, take care and uh, subscribe to Path 11 TV so you can get in on this event February 16th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care, everyone. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show. And don't forget to head on over to path11tv.com. Grab your annual membership for $59. Remember, that is 40% off the regular price. So I really want you to take advantage of our launch deal of $59. You get over 75 hours of content that we have on there. So head on over to path11tv.com. Take advantage of the annual membership. All right, guys, take care.